Major League Journeyman back in action. We got Mr. Alan Gordon fresh with his pencil-thin mustache looking like Gomez from the Adams Family. We got Dax McCarty who is joining us from... We don't know where he's actually joining us from. He's joining <laughs> us from the offseason. Maybe retirement, maybe in free agency, could be in contract negotiations. There could be there could be a lot of things here right now for Mr. Dax McCarty. We'll, we'll have to get into that. But we also have a special guest in Thomas Rongan, an honorary journeyman, if I do say so myself, with uh, a decorated, illustrious career, Thomas, all over the place as a player, as a coach, as a broadcaster. Man, you've you've seen it all and and touched just about every corner of the world. We are delighted and honored to have you join us here in Major League Journeyman. We hope uh, we hope you're just as excited as Gordo is. Where, <laughs> where are you right now? Can you tell us where where you're coming from? I'm I'm in a, a typical Florida downpour right now. I'm sitting literally on the ground in front of. The communication, architectural, the arts of FIU. <laughs> Across the street is the uh, Winwood Convention Center, where I'm a, uh, a VIP representing the uh, <laughs> 15 Dutch companies. And I'm talking to, well, maybe I might be the best judge of journeyman, by the way. I think between clubs played and, and clubs coached, close to 30. <laughs> Only 30. Only Freddie and Duke and uh, you okay? yeah, my man. Hi to the guys over here. This is my cat right here. Not hey, a little bit. Okay, and we get a no, man. There he okay. is. What's up, man? Very good. He's just making sure he's playing to stay alive. I love it. <laughs> Dude, 30, 30 clubs. That's absolutely incredible. I was doing a little recon, um, and I knew a little bit about your career as a coach, just to be honest, in, in Major League Soccer. You were a recipient of Coach of the Year with Tampa Bay, been to a, a couple different clubs. I remember you being with kind of loosely with Chivas USA there, kind of in their spell. And then also um, when you were up at TFC, the academy director with them, right? Um, but I didn't realize Coach Coach of the Year, APSL, so the Arena League, right? Also high school, collegiate. You've been international coach, coach of the U-20s. You got to coach uh, our fellow journeyman and Dax here. Yeah. Where, where was that U-20s? Dax, where did, where did that you was that? 207 in, in, uh, Canada. in Canada. In Canada. In all over Canada? Anywhere in particular? We started in Montreal, where we tied Korea, beat Poland, and then Toronto. not a bus win, but we, we beat Brazil in Ottawa yep. uh, to win the group. And then uh, we went next to Toronto, the round yep. of 16 against Uruguay with 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 uh, Jules Valentin and Nathan Stewart, the two college guys. And Stewart I remember this vividly. I've been playing against Suarez and Cavani up front for Uruguay. So I go to these two... Seriously, I go to these two cats. I go, listen, I got some footage. You know, uh, one is a little taller, smaller movement. And they both go, dude, we put Pato and Joe in our pocket against Brazil where we beat him too wide. No, really, dude, you know, this is like Nathan, quiet. No problem. And I'm, and I'm inside, I'm going, fuck. You know, <laughs> these guys should see this. But on the day, they put Suarez and Cavani. So two college guys versus Suarez who just signed for Ajax at that time yeah. in their back pocket. And we win 3-2 in, in OT by Michael Bradley scoring the winner, which which was a fun run, actually. T- TR, I, I, don't know, yeah. I, don't know, I don't know if you remember this, but 
I believe, yeah, we scored in extra time to take the lead, but we were we were down a man, actually. Were we not down a man? Because I think Anthony Wallace got sent off. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And I, I don't know yes, if you re- yes. I don't know if you remember this, but you actually moved me to play right fullback. Yeah, to, oh fin- to finish That's the an game out. Be- oh, yeah. And, yeah. and I, I vividly remember, I think Suarez, I forgot which one, Suarez or Cavani was playing right winger. And I remember when I got moved to right fullback, their coach strategically told them to switch to the left side <laughs> to go one-on-one against me. Um, and it was me, Jules, and and Nathan. And, you know, I want to be included in that shutting down of those two superstars as it would turn out to be. But uh, what a great experience Absolutely. that was. I don't know if you remember that, but that I was actually, a brilliant tactical shift. One of your better ones. That happened in the 93rd minute, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> it went to extra time, so there was 30 extra minutes. So, yes. Correct. Man, and, I tell you, and, and then afterwards... We had a big fight, man, on the field, yes. going to the tunnel, police, taxes in the middle, throwing punches. That's it. Haymakers. Going over the, over the top it was great. <laughs> That's incredible. I don't know if I've ever heard of Dax being um, a contender in a fight. Or, oh, or yeah, always. baby. A, a no, he usually just starts it and gets just out of the starts it. I, I have to say, I, I want to I just to, to button this up, Thomas, I want to ask you, because you, you've coached a lot of teams. You've coached a lot of great teams. That team in particular, that U20 team in 2007 in Canada, we ended up losing to Austria, unfortunately, in the quarterfinals. And it was my opinion that we were probably, after being a part of the tournament, watching all the games, we were probably the second best team in that tournament. Only, you know, not quite as good as the Argentina team that ended up winning it. Um, I, I want to know what your yeah. opinion of that team was in general, if because uh, it was still a huge regret and frustration that we lost to Austria and didn't give ourselves a chance to go to a semifinal and a final and maybe win it. But I had the feeling that that was one of the the better teams, the more talented teams that I had played for and been on. I'm curious your your thoughts on where that team ranked in your pan- <laughs> pantheon of teams. <laughs> With, with, without a doubt, my first one was two oh three, and that was a pretty decent team too. Eddie Johnson actually went was the golden. So Eddie Johnson, Bobby Conby, Ricardo Clark, Ned Grabovoy, Santino Caranta, Mike Ooh. McGee, who scored the winner against Uruguay. Freddie actually had an injury, came late, spelled a little bit on the left. Chet Marshall, Ryan Cochran, Drew Moore. Zach Whitbread, that was a pretty and, and like Dude, that's just a, like that's you. a squad that's a right team. there, Thomas. I know, but 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 just like Dex, who was a very good player at the moment, my starting eleven was pretty darn good. And Clint Dempsey was on the on the twenty team, and Clint played just like Dex a few minutes, yep. but a few important minutes uh, for us. So there we go to around the sixteen. We we beat Ivory Coast. We lose in OT against Argentina. But fast forward to. 207 backs. I think that team was better balanced. I think also that that group, more guys played more games on the Olympic and senior level. Yep. Josie comes to mind. Michael comes to mind. Uh, you, uh, you know, even even guys like uh, Robbie Rogers, Rumori, Ro- exactly. You had Celsius and Robbie Rogers out wide. I mean, that was Josie, Freddie. Only, only if we all knew what what Denny Satella maybe yep. did wrong. Satella, <laughs> um, you know, you're right. We had some Jews on the outside. We had some skill on the inside. We beat Brazil with you know, David Luiz, Marcelo, and even yep. that Uruguay team. When I look back now, 
five of those guys have played 100 plus games for their senior team. And we and on the day, we, we yep. beat them. And in the tournament, maybe third decks, because you remember we played a, a friendly doubleheader in Giant Stadium with the women's national team against Chile. Yep, I remember. And that was the golden, golden generation of, of Chile and also the golden generation of Uruguay that we played. And yep. Brazil, as I said again, had five guys that played also 80 games for their senior team. And on the day, we were as good or, or better. Probably, by, by, yeah, I, I agree with you. Out of all three teams, I coached probably the, the best team, best balance, and also the atmosphere in the group was, uh, uh, was pretty special. The one thing that I regret, I, I was jumping the gun. I remember calling Dan Flynn and Sunil after we beat Uruguay and went, Guys, come over because we're going to the final. Because the bracket was perfect for us. Yeah, it was. No Argentina, no Chile, no, you know, it was Austria, I think the Czech Republic. So I go, fuck, we got a chance here. Yep. And I'm Freddie gets, you remember, two breakaways I remember. On. I remember. I, we should have won the game against Austria, and, and it, for whatever reason, we couldn't pull it out. But I was, that was a really fun team to be a part of, and uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that whole run that we had. And and also bittersweet decks for you, which was a well a bone of contention between the two of us that I didn't bring you to qualify. I know. I, I, I'm, I'm glad and you then, remembered that. I was very mad and at you. Then I, and then I <laughs> and then I included you in the. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, this is my environment, man. Look, I appreciate it though. All right, tell, cool. Hey, Thomas, yes. tell him to get out of your office. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I left Dex off the, the, the qualifying team, which was not an easy decision. and was a little bit based on Dex was not a happy sitter, you know, and, and I figured, uh, sure. and I think, That's surprising. and correct me, Dex, <laughs> if I'm wrong, I think I, I tried to explain that to you, and then you went back to your club, and all of a sudden, boom, there you go, you're playing, you're starting, and you seem to be, which you are, don't get me wrong, a good team guy and I said you know what he deserves to be there and I'm glad that I, the I, uh, limited minutes the limited minutes that you yeah. played that you contributed in that win against Uruguay for instance so, I, I, I appreciated you uh, you remembering that because that was a very difficult moment in my career I've actually used that moment to talk to like younger groups of kids that have asked me about like hardships in my career that, that I had to get through and that was a big one because up until that moment, I had usually made most of the teams that I was either trying out for or, you know, regional teams and ODP teams. And that was the first time that I had experienced something like that. And, and I felt in the moment that it was unfair and I felt sorry for myself. And I was I was effing you off to the moon and back. Uh, but like you said, it, it, I yep. used it as fuel and motivation. And when we ended up qualifying, I told myself in that moment, I'm going to be a part of that team no matter what. And you know, I, I, I did well enough to, to go and, and you, you gave me the chance and I didn't start any games. And it's funny because I didn't start any game, but if we would have made the semifinal, I believe Michael was suspended because he had yellow card accumulation. So he was suspended for the semifinal if, if we would have made it there. And I think I would have gotten the nod from you. I don't know. I wasn't sure, but I think I would have been the guy that would have started for him in his place. And it was, uh, it was a good lesson for me. And I, I'm very appreciative of you for, uh, for that lesson. Thomas, you've been around uh, soccer and the game, but also I think the youth game for a really long time. Just listening to you guys rattle off those names was <laughs> that was fun. I mean, for all of those individuals that we've played against for the majority of our careers, what do you think the difference is between those teams that 
was pulling results and pulling success against the teams that you mentioned, against Uruguay, uh, against Brazil, versus what our U20s and, and our U23s are having struggles with now in, in not even qualifying? Like, what's the difference in player profile from your from your vantage point? That's that's a, a great question because the if I if I go back to my when I got in two thousand I think Bruce Arena appointed me to see our twenty coach. The team was predominantly college players. I mean, mm-hmm. Clint was still playing at Furman. Uh, yep. Marshall was at Stanford. Ryan Copeland was at uh, at uh, Santa, Santa Clara. Santa Clara. Uh, right. Drew, Drew Moore, I just, I think, transferred to Indiana. IU? I think he was in IU, Indiana. Correct. So the interesting part is that even any given day in those years, including 207, where there were more pros on the team, don't get me wrong, we could, which we proven at the under 17 or under 20 level, that we can make a make a run. I mean, talk about a run. I think that the first U17 group, first Bradenton U17 group, and, and Dex as part of the, the IMG Academy there, under, um, God, what was the coach again? They went to the semifinals. And, and that was the group of, yeah, John Allen, was like Lennon Donovan, DeMarcus, Gooch, yeah. uh, maybe Bobby Conby. Kyle and now you fast forward Bobby from, Conway, from yeah. there to here, and you're still wondering how far we've come in our player development, quite frankly. I look at the under-20 roster, for instance, the majority are not only pro, but they're also playing abroad. So their experiences right now are are a lot higher from a training and playing perspective than it was in 202 or 205. And in 205, by the way, we beat Argentina in the first game, and Messi plays his first game for the Argentinian national team. Uh, they go on to win it eventually, although we beat them, we, we lose in a round of 16. Uh, but at any Given days, I said again, Nathan Sturridge and Jules Valentin, one for play for Wade Forge, one for Clemson, <laughs> literally on the day, fairly easily put Cavani and, and Suarez in their back pockets. So where where is the disconnect still? I, I I talk about those generational guys that Dex was part of, that yep. were winners, that loved to compete, yep. that, that also felt were not appreciated around the world. So that was a great driving force. And I didn't really develop, you know, because at my level, I said, again, I get it for two weeks, then they go sure. back to their clubs and their schools. So we won <laughs> most games we played in, be it friendlies qualifying or, or World Cup qualifying, you know, both the two instances I mentioned, two or seven, two, eight. We're, we're in the round of eight, you know. Mm-hmm. And you're right, you look as of late, the Olympic team, our senior team in 2018, which are flukes a little bit you, 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 you wonder saying that I think we're, we're clearly turning the corner with guys playing in Europe but also MLS doing a much better job in investing in their academies and, and it's bearing fruit not only within MLS when we see these young players compete but also now selling guys at 16-7 I looked at the under 17 team there's like five guys in Europe you know uh, two at Eintracht Frankfurt one place from Liverpool I think uh that was unheard of then. And eventually, you need to turn that into success on the highest level. Does that mean in 26 we win it? No. Do I feel at home we have a chance to go to the semis maybe? 
based on potential and that team being in their prime or most of these guys being in their prime in terms of age, you know, which means then uh, the Pulisic's are about 27, 28, 29. Uh, pretty amazing. And pretty amazing that we got two guys starting if they're healthy for AC Milan, two guys starting for um, uh, for Juventus, guys in the mm-hmm. Bundesliga who's t- turning up right now. We got guys, you know, in the EPL, playing week in, week out against the best players in the world. Fulham comes to mind, obviously. So those experience for those players are so so vastly different than ours. But let's face it, we're still don't we're a handball away with Bruce Arena in two o two, and we deserve to go to the semifinals sure. against yep. Germany. So now you yep. go take Bruce Arena's team in 202 and fast forward to all these. Torsten Frings, man. I had a go at him when there you we go. played yeah, together yeah, in yeah, Toronto. Yeah. And you fast forward now to all, <laughs> Still these, at all these guys that are playing in big clubs in, in Europe but still probably can't figure out how to beat the better teams. And the Netherlands wasn't a great team. But clinically, they got played off the pitch, very similar to the first game in these friendlies where we kicked our ass a little bit in a very methodical way as well. Um, what were the last yeah. two friendlies that the U.S. nationally played? We lost the first game. But totally. Germany, we got smacked by Germany. And Correct. then um, we played Senegal. And then we, Ghana. we in Senegal, Ghana. Ghana. a poor team. Ghana. Ghana. But yeah. um, again, so I go back to, okay, what's the learning lesson against the Netherlands? All right. Uh, although, the Netherlands sit a little deeper and countered and, and had four chances to bury three. The, the Germans had a little bit more possession, but also so clinical in the final third. We have great periods. But we can't put a great 90 minutes together against the big nations yet. So I go from 202 to now and I say, how much better have we become? In, in the broader sense, we're creating more players. We're yeah. still not creating a top five player in the world. And, and all the teams are successful have top players in the top 10 in the world, you know, and we're, 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 we're stretching the service. Maybe it's mentality because those, I mean, the Dex McCarty generation were tough mofos, by the way. And mm-hmm. they, they relish challenges like that. We seem a little soft, in my opinion, physically and, and mentally in this group here. I'm not sure if Berhalter can change that. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think that we're, we're missing any of the, I know that a col- college soccer is a detriment to our development, but do you think that those players learned anything in college that put them together and made them because college, all it's about is being raw, raw teammates. Did that, did those teams have take any of that college raw, raw and were they just better teammates and a better, uh, you know, a better unit than the, than the individual kids that we have that are obviously better now? Is there anything to be said with that? That's a, that's a, that's a great point, Bert. I've never really thought of it that way, but if I think about it real quickly right now, based on your statement, I say, absolutely. Um, we, 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 we create not only here, but in the rest of the world, I'm, I'm our soccer legend from the Netherlands is Johan Naismith. 74, 78 World Cup final, three European champions with Ajax, late 60s, early 70s, 150 games for Barcelona. Dave Croy, Dave Messi with Frank Rijkaard, his debut for, for Barcelona. We were talking about it. He goes, because there was a, there was a session on mental whatever. And Nations goes, fuck that. He goes, 
in our time, you know what? If things like 80,000 people whistle against me, now they're talking about, oh, I'm a little intimidated. I need to talk to somebody and get myself in the zone. And don't know. <laughs> anyway, this is insane, he goes, you know? Yeah. But, you know, he's a, he comes from the streets where, he, where they tackled on the streets, where cars were goals, where, you know, I don't think we, we, we create enough street kids that go back to mentality. In college, yes, was a little bit rah-rah and, and those guys... And I, I, I knew how to tap into that, you know? Mm-hmm. We can't play. These guys don't respect you, Paul. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Ricardo Clark, you know, guys like that. Yeah, they wanted to kick some, uh, some lumps. Absolutely. Uh, I, I was going to say that some of those names you mentioned, um, we, I mean, we took just as much pride going through the college ranks in the late night beer pong game, I think, as we did <laughs> when we got up the next day and went to training. And I think that that translated into – what MLS 2.0 was because as you're going through those names, Chad Marshall and Ryan Cochran, and like I am visualizing the battles between Gordo and Chad Marshall just over and over and over again, every inch of every space. And I don't know if I really see that type of competitive nature, just fiery nastiness that is within our game any longer. I, I, and maybe, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but Gordo, I, does that you, you, you spanned a pretty good um, spectrum, I, I guess, from from the 2004 season. That was your rookie year, right? Um, to when you finished up, and it was definitely a different game by the time you finished up. Did you were your battles within the you know that center back that nine role were they different at the beginning than they were at the end? Um, I mean, that's really all I had. So I had. Well, I, I, had I know. I know I your to, game didn't evolve. I'm talking about the players to, you played against. I had to stick with it. Yeah, but I, I remember. I mean, I I started battling against Chad in college. I was Oregon State. He was he was Stanford, and and that's all we did. It was aerial battles, and we we did it for the next 17 years. You know, and never it never changed between us. Um, but yeah, I mean, the game, the game has certainly changed. I don't know if I see those type of aerial battles, you know, where everybody plays out of the back now. So back right. then, goalies were taking goal kicks 95% of the time, and there was an aerial duel every single goal kick. You know, mm-hmm. now it just doesn't happen. We, we, the game has completely evolved and changed. And so the, ga- the game is just not as aerial. And back, back in those days, we had English coaches that were over here and it was very direct play. It was up, back, and through, you know, forward holding it, laying it off, very simple. I had a, my first coach, I was trying to do step overs and thought I was nice. And he said, All right, let me just let me just tell you how to make the team. He said, Hold it. <laughs> Give it to somebody else. And get in the box. Don't do anything else. And I said, Okay. And then I started, did that for the next 10 years. So it, it's changed, man. I think we need a little bit of that that physicality some some guys some guys still have it but you know the game's different for sure yeah yeah and, and to latch on to that what you said then and what gordo said i came to the united states in 1979 to be coached by renis Meagles, the founder of total football and my teammate is johan cruyff i'm 21 years old and i'm pinching myself That's and wild. these guys partied hard our sessions were tougher than games yep and and guys were looking if I, if I break this guy's leg, I'll start the next game because that's my position. And these guys would basically drink themselves to sleep. And then the next day, all up front going, yeah, 
Let's sweat this shit out. Let's go, boys. That was the mentality, you know. And I'm going to Gordo back then also. Yeah, Ariel do this. So I, I, I think that we're creating in our environment here. Yes, it's beautiful, ball on the ground. We're creating softer players that technically are, are more gifted, but not necessarily mm-hmm. doing anything with their skill set. Because I, think, I still think that we don't have a level of... And aggression is, the, is, is maybe not the right, you know, emotional yeah. intelligence, whatever, whatever it takes to win games and those kind yeah, of things. That's why, why I took teams every cycle to see a Boca River game. And I remember Chet Marshall, because I said to the guy, put us as close to the bar Brava. So we're in there an hour, half an hour. Chet Marshall comes and goes, Coach, it looks like it's really dangerous here. These guys are climbing the fences. What are they doing? Oh, yeah, Chad. Welcome to the, welcome to the real world. These guys open from the favela, you know? You're, you're, he goes, Coach, I have a girlfriend. I just bought a dog, you know? I can't, what are you doing here, you know? I, mean, I just bought a poodle. No, dude. I know. He's like, he's like, Coach, this isn't the gated community I'm from. I just bought a mini min pin poodle mixture. I mean, so, and, yeah. and Chip Marshall still to this day, in my opinion, was the best 18-year-old center back I've ever, ever coached. He had everything, you know. But at the end, just didn't want to be maybe much injury-prone, but but still carved out a great career, obviously. We could have done more about that. He did He did have a pretty impressive career. He, um, You're talking about mentality, and you're talking, you know, we're obviously covering our national teams and, and the youth national teams in those World Cups and, and that process. But then you left there, and you went to American Samoa. Um, and now we're, you're having a, a movie released about, about the experience, right? Um, I think it opens this Friday, searchlight pictures. You got Michael Fassbender playing you, which as I'm, as I'm watching Gordo talk, I'm thinking this could be a young Thomas Rongen here oh. in, in Alan Gordon. <laughs> so my first question, my first question is, is Michael Fassbender handsome enough to play you in this movie? Are, are we confident with that decision? Dude, I'm a single guy. I got laid twice in the last two weeks because Fussbender's playing me in the movie. So. <laughs> and, I'm, and, I'm 60, and I'm 67 then. So you know what I mean? That's all good. It's all good. <laughs> so we'll, che- we'll check that box. Yes, that's good. Gordo is not in that category, so he's out. What what is what was what was that process like? How how did you end up in American Samoa? Because the only person that I know of that ends up in in that part of the world is AJ De La Garza when he decided to not play for Puerto Rico and ended up playing for Guam. Um, and he started to you know go on those trips with those uh, with that national team and that experience. Um, but that was, I think out of left field. And, and I mean, we were, I was playing at the time when we saw you take that, take that leap and, and go over there and leave kind of what the U S soccer confines or, or construction looks like. And you've obviously been deeply embedded into it for a long time. How, how did you make that decision? Yeah, it's a great story. Well, I was the under 20 coach. And as you guys know, uh, there's times in between camps, cause guys got to go back to their clubs or, the later we got into the process, the more guys are playing for pro clubs. So you get them in for two weeks. You get them in for qualifying, whatever. So I had about a month off. And Sunugalati called me late, late December 2010 and said, we have a, uh American territory called, just like Taiwan, American Samoa. And they really need some help. So I go, actually, there's a buddy. And I go, where's American Samoa? He goes, next to fucking Fiji. I go, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> Not knowing anything. So I put the phone down. The guy started Googling. He goes, by the way, they're uh, ranked last in FIFA. They're the worst team in the world, TR. I go, okay, what else? 
Uh, they won. They lost thirty-one to nothing in a qualifying game in Australia, which is a record. Evan, oh, by the way, TR, they haven't won in twenty years, and they haven't scored a goal in twenty years. No. So man. I get. Yeah. So I go to this island, and there's some camera guys there already, English guys, young guys that just came there to see what this. What did these amateurs come back get their heads handed to them? Twenty nothing, twenty-eight nothing, thirty-one nothing. They keep coming back for more with smiles on their face. So that was more a human interest story. We sure. beat Tonga two-one. Becomes world news. I play a transgender. It's the first transgender ever in a men's World Cup qualifying game against Tonga. And these guys go, we have a documentary, which came out in 2014. So it, it, it airs in the Tribeca Film Festival. I'm sitting next to The Rock because he's from Samoa and he was promoting the movie of New York. And next to The Rock is another guy. So after the movie, everybody kind of liked it. This small guy goes, by the way, I'm going to turn this into a movie. I go, yeah, okay, whatever. Fast forward to 2019, he goes, uh, my name is Taiki Watiti. I just won an Oscar for Jojo Rabbit. I just finished Thor for Disney. I want to go back to my Polynesian roots. Uh, I'm from New Zealand, from an indigenous tribe. And Michael Fussbender is going to play. So fast forward to now, because of COVID, you know, it took a little bit longer. Indeed, Michael Fussbender is playing Thomas Magneto. He's playing Thomas Rongdon. You know? are, <laughs> are you kidding me? <sighs> That's an incredible. I mean, that is that what is wild stuff. Where where was the most significant moment when you reflect back on, on that on that experience? What was the most significant game? Uh, well, on, on the mental part, yeah, I, I, I had really three weeks to prepare. Less than three weeks actually. Um, but I'd watch tapes of, of them and their opponents. I thought there's no way because these these other teams weren't that good. If I tactically set them up a little bit differently. Uh, technically try to make him a little bit better. Uh, but at the end, I had to turn a losing mentality into a winning mentality. So I did two things on purpose. The first day... Excuse me, sir. Would you mind because this is not safe for you to be here? So. Yeah, no, but we're, we're, we're live... We're finishing on up the, in a second, my on, man. On ABC right now, so uh, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm, nobody's touched me, nothing, I'm fine. No, because like, uh, this doesn't look safe to me. If you want to go to... Sir, the five minutes. Room, Two Time minutes. will be done, yeah. So, um, they have a Fafa Fina. Fafa Fina is third gender in Polynesian. Very much accepted by the whole society. Okay. Her passport says Johnny. And I hear everybody say Jaya. So, I walk up to the group. My first introduction, I go, you want me to call you Jaya or Johnny? She goes, please call me Jaya. I said, you're Jaya. And the whole group... I had like a relief and she went, oh my God, I love you, coach. Thank you. You're the first Palangi, which means white man that has accepted me. They've had New Zealand coaches, German coaches. They refused to call her by Jaya and called her Johnny. So that was one because players accepted her yeah. in that culture. The whole team went like, oh, okay, this dude is, is, is okay. The second one, I'm convincing, took me a week to bring the goalkeeper that gave up 31 goals against Australia to get him out of retirement. And, and, and because he said to me on the phone, oh, coach, I play Australia every day on my Xbox. It's just me against Australia, but I beat him 32 nothing every time he goes, <laughs> every night. But when I walk through the city, they go, oh, you're the guy that gave him 31 goals. So my, my son thinks I'm a loser. So I'm playing into, I'm telling you, we're going to win this, blah, blah. So it was a little bit like, uh, what's that movie about Notre Dame? Uh, uh, Rudy. Do it for the Rudy. Gipper. Rudy. Rudy, yeah, do it for the, Gip, the Gipper or for Rudy. So I became yeah. a little bit of a rah-rah thing, and he, and he wins. And 10 minutes after the game, he cry. He goes, my, coach, my son thinks I'm a hero. You know, those were 
great moments. The third one that was just came out of nowhere. Um, I gave him a day off, so I go to the president. What's going on? He goes, oh, there's American football high school final. And rugby and football are bigger than soccer in the island. And there's a running back lights out. So I go to the president. I want that guy. He says, he's never played soccer. I go, give me two weeks. The only thing I need to do is I need somebody in midfield that can fucking play a ball over the top with all these teeth play, static, high lines. And I go, this sure. guy will have fucking breakaways. So he gets the breakaway, <laughs> scores the winner at 17. Oh, they played two weeks of soccer. Yeah. Scores the winner. No, but listen to this. Ten years later, he goes, Coach, uh, I'm in Miami. I'm starting a safety for the Oakland Raiders who play the Dolphins. I got two tickets for you. Oh, how insane no is that? No shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. awesome. This That's has got to be, I mean, this has got to be the sequel. It's, it's a story Seriously. about his life, right? What's his name? Yeah, Do you know his name? The, um, the um, unfortunate thing is, is that um, he was an introvert. So both in the documentary and in the movie, Tiger said, the guy doesn't talk. I, I can't do anything with it. It's a great story, but I just can't weave it in. That was sadly missed in this whole thing, which was, which was unbelievable. Um, uh, um, oh God. He went to a two-year school and a four-year school. It was the only way for men to get off the island. And, and it's a sad island, high unemployment rate, high drug and alcoholism, obesity. There's one tuna factory where everybody works in, basically. Um, wow. So, um, uh, God. Have you been back? Have you been back to American Samoa? Jaya Solua, Nikki Salapua was the goalkeeper, and Shalom Luani, L-U-A-R-I. And if you type him in, he played for a yeah, few yeah. NFL games. NFL teams. I don't know. He's playing in a other league right now. So, he, but yeah, he was the starting safety for for. Uh, and the funny thing is, he continued to play for a few years, and he's got six goals. So he's also the all-time leading goal scorer for American Samoa while he's playing American football in uh, L U A N I Shalom S H A L O M. I think Shalom's Luani. That's incredible, TR. I uh, I gotta say, man, your career—it's been a winding yeah, you path. It. You've you've obviously coached thousands, if not tens of thousands, of players in your career. And you know, us here at Major League Journeyman, we like to uh, we we like to build up all the journeymen out there. We would like to know if you've thought about maybe your top three or four journeymen that you've ever played with, ever coached ever interacted with this is this is for the culture of the pod right here yeah 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 yeah. and, and i again I, i'm close to 30 teams where i played for and coach i i should be a good judge and to be <laughs> real honest you you have one guy on your podcast which is which is a guy that started at, at the yaffa pie rough riders that's where he started <laughs> then i just did it here garden Played for 12 teams. <laughs> now, Gordo, Gordo just under 10 at nine, and Dex is at five or six. So I say right that we now, we know about <laughs> Gargan, Gargan at three. I say, which is a set one, Freddie Adu played for 15 fucking teams, played in wow. three consecutive World Cups. Sad story. I gave him a chance in 2014, 15, my large coach at Tampa Bay Rowdies, and he still had something. And, and we connected, you know, Freddie and I, we still talk. Um, but talk about a journeyman. Yeah. Uh, 
pretty pretty uh, pretty me, sad actually let me say tr a journeyman who should should not have been a journeyman he was uh, hands down one of the most talented players i ever saw in my life when he was 14 15 years old when we were in residency together and that u20 yeah. world cup in canada when he completely set the world on fire he was an uber talent and you know uh, uh, they they did a podcast on on freddie and and we've we've talked a little bit about kind of what happened and where it went wrong and that that was a big shame because i i thought he he was bound to be a superstar yeah a great example we don't name names and i thought with his agent i go dude you don't know benfica if you look at socios is one of the biggest clubs with incredible amount of pressure yeah take a step you had two chances to go to the netherlands same club that Robbie Rogers and, and, and Michael went to here, Vane, after yep. 207 uh, World Cup. Robbie gets homesick. Michael sticks with it, makes a step to the Bundesliga Serie A. That's what Freddie needed to do, but they went for the yep. money, obviously. Yep. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden, new coach, he gets loaned out. I think he gets loaned out five times during his yeah. time at Benfica. Too much. Ends, yeah. up, ends up in Scandinavia playing second division teams in Greece, in, in even South America, tries here again. Sad story because you're right. He was extremely talented. And I think with the right guidance and the right people around him, he could have actually been pretty, pretty darn good. And number yeah, one, he, he, number one journeyman. I don't know if he's a journeyman, but, 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 uh, we're, pretty, we're pretty loose with the, uh, with the description <laughs> or the yeah, definition no, of journeyman. Ricardo Clark to me is like, although I don't know, he might have played only for 17, but Ricardo Clark somehow feels to me a journeyman, a great guy, by the way, who was so did so much dirty work for Freddie Santino, Eddie Johnson, Mike McGee in midfield as the number six in the 203 World Cup. Unbelievable. The ground he covered and things like that. I just, I really liked him as a person and, 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 and as a player. And and I think that's a great shot. Like TR. A, that that is a great like, shot. I'll give you. I'll give you the recap. Okay, I here, say that. Uh, Tr, you got uh, Metro Stars, San Jose Earthquakes, Houston Dynamo, Eintracht Frankfurt, Stay Back Loan, Back to the Dynamo, Columbus Crew. Currently, the head coach of Vancouver Whitecaps too. I, I would say that that's. That's he qualifies, good. Are, and that is that's pretty a great good credentials. Yeah. yeah. All right, thanks, guys. I'm so happy. That I'm, <laughs> I I actually you know get the approval from from Gordo, <laughs> from Ben, from Dax. I mean, awesome. Well, hey, listen, we know that you're busy brunching with uh, Messi down in Miami now. The radio broadcast and oh, and, and and evening nights out with Fastbender and, and all your Hollywood friends. You and the Rock going out for drinks. But uh, we appreciate you stopping by, Thomas. And um, tell the tell the uh, tell the fellow journeyman where they can find the movie or where they can watch on. It's Friday, this Friday, right, November seventeenth. All it opens up all over the world on November seventeenth in a the theater next to you. That's from New Zealand to South Africa to L.A. Wow. to Dallas to uh, whatever. Yeah, where will Insane. where will you be watching it? I'll be on a fucking bus taking fifteen <laughs> Dutch companies. To IMG, the, the Buccaneers, the Lightning, and I set up a tour at the University of South Florida, which I think is that Friday, actually. So, on one end, I'm glad because since this strike, I've done so much because Fassbender couldn't do it. 
but I'm I'm a little bit over it, guys. I'm I'm like get this fucking <laughs> thing out and and go from there. I'm I'm getting nothing out of it, no royalties, nothing. And I'm like, uh, well, you guys, it's great. But I run into most that, that don't do their research. They go, oh, we didn't know you were in American Samoa. And, you know, uh, what's this film all about? Sure. So Disney go, uh, you know, go <laughs> make some more money. You know, send some my way, by the way. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll pass along your address. Uh, right. keep, hey, listen, keep hey, fighting the good Dex, fight. Dex, how much is a messy autographed jersey worth now? <laughs> how much you, how much you, how much you willing to pay push, for it? That might actually cost you a transfer somewhere. I'm telling you. I know. I know, man. I know. That, that, was, that was a cool experience, man. What a guy. No, I know. I know. That's, that's, I'm, hang, I'm that's, that's, hanging up, that's hanging up above my bed, by the way. The wife's not too thrilled I'm, with it. I'm, I'm just yeah, busting right. your balls. She thinks about I mean, every night. What are you talking about, Tex? Yeah. She's thrilled. But, I mean, the, the way the press dealt with that was absolutely bullshit. Yeah. Every player, win or loss in the world, from Brazil national team to Dex and his team, sure they want to exchange their jerseys with Messi. And then you get that kind of crazy insane because you lost, you didn't care. And right. I know you do care. So, sure. hey, you guys over there, give the guy a little bit more money, three years, and that's it. <laughs> the real ones know TR. Thanks, man. All we right, really bro. appreciate TR. you coming on, man. You had some great stories. What a what a life. What a career. And honestly, I think it should be acknowledged all that you've been able to do and accomplish with with youth soccer and just soccer in general here in the U.S. You're a legend, man. Thanks for coming on. Thanks. Thank you for having me, guys. <laughs>